wham bam thank you sam that's right kobe just got home he's in the other room not going to be making it on the show but did want to use his name in the intro it's hotline league episode 73 uh, it's so great to be here with all of you because we did miss last week and it was really unfortunate um and i had a great time it was really relaxing we just talked about game of thrones i, I wasn't worried about it anyway Oh, Kobe just said, I heard that in the tw in the Twitch chat. He heard, we summoned him. Anyway, uh, this is episode 73 of Hotline League, as I mentioned. Uh, Mark and I were a little late because he and I have had a crazy day. He's going to get into that in a little bit uh, as he scarfs down what looks to be a sandwich or a burrito. What is that? It's a wrap. It's from Chomp. It's a rat? A wrap? Okay. He wrapped up a rat. Anyway. A Chompotle avocado wrap. It's Chomp. really good. I recommend Chomp to anyone who lives in Santa Monica area. It's delicious. Did you get it delivered or did you stop by there? Delivered. Kelby, or no, not Kelby. Uh, Peter really likes Chomp. Um, yeah. And I think Have Kelby probably eats a lot too because it's near his office. Uh, I've had it many times, yeah. Well, did you just leak his office location? I said it's near his office. It could be like within a one mile radius. His office is in Santa Monica, everyone. Go show up at his place. Uh, anyway, I want to give a quick shout out to Alienware here at the start of the show. Uh, we're going to be running, I hope, running something uh, that we produced for that in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to mess with something right now and say, can we air this right now on Hotline League? So hopefully we'll be able to show this cool little video that we made um, regarding Alienware and until later on in the episode. If not, I'll figure out a way to put that out there anyway. Anyway, oh, and I need to turn off the little dings. That's right. Sorry, we were rushing to get the show going, and uh, I've got the dings on for when people subscribe. It's, I really appreciate it when people subscribe, but uh, people don't appreciate it whenever the dings are going during the show, so I apologize, especially if you're listening to the uh, to the audio version of the show and you're like, why why is that happening? Anyway, how you been, Mark? Terrible. Okay. Well, let's get into um, it. Why has it been terrible? All right, so... You know, season ends, get like a week off during that time. No, no, the season ends going, in a couple of weeks. Excuse me, split ends. Oh, I was talking about Game of Thrones. Hilarious. Split ends, uh, I come home, there's a bunch of stuff going down offline TV. You probably saw Edison uh, quit. Um, yeah, was he so, quit or did you force him out? Because no, I know that's, like a, that's what you like to do, Mark. I know you just... Listen, you just, it's... It's I've I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Jet told me he wasn't his. Jet told me it wasn't his decision to leave. It's just. Have you noticed how people just keep disappearing around me? Yes, that's true. That's true. I've noticed that. Um, it was it wasn't like he outright quit himself and like just decided to quit on us. It was like a mutual thing where he did his thirty day stream and he came back and he's like, I want to do full time content creation. And it was like, okay, well, how can we still use you if you're doing that? Is there is there any way where this works? And yeah, we Not should really. say, by the way, Edison, uh, who worked at Offline TV with Mark, that's who we're discussing. Uh, nice yeah, guy he was who watched kind of... Game... He was over here last night watching Game of Thrones with me and Kobe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, it was like a, a mutual decision. That took up that week. And then the following week, which was last Monday, that's when shit like started. Just, like everything kept happening. So like, that's when Josh had to go in at 9 a.m. for like his eye surgery. So I had to start waking up for that like pretty early. And this is like a week before MSI. So like I want to start flipping my sleep schedule over. And my family comes out to visit me during this week. 
and they will like early breakfasts. I keep having to like meet up with my cousins who also live around LA. We both up. in Newark. I didn't get a chance to meet the fam. Yeah, I didn't want to introduce them to you. Um, we go up to NorCal. I'm like traveling, trying to like make my sleep schedule inverse, but my fam obviously I'm trying to spend time with my family too. So I'm getting up at like 10 a.m. every day, 9 a.m. every day to like eat breakfast and do stuff with them. And then I get home from it. Now my brother comes out on Friday and my parents leave on Saturday. So there's a swap where I stop spending time with my family and start spending, or with like my, my parents and start spending with my brother. And then during that time, he went to Yosemite last night. He borrowed my car and I was like, finally, after a week, I'm going to get a breath of fresh air. I'm going to be able to try and fix my sleep schedule. Uh, and that's like when Josh's eyeball explodes. And then this morning I have to wake up after sleeping for like three hours to try and like fix my sleep schedule. And like, yeah. I am just so, I am the literal opposite of what my sleep schedule was supposed to be. Two nights ago, I fell asleep at 3 a.m., which is when the broadcast was supposed to start before all the random MSI stuff happened. So like, I've been super busy. It has not been time off at all the way it should have been time off. Uh, and I'm not, I just feel like shit all every day because my sleep schedule is just so bad. And we should say, by the way, why, because some people are saying, what do you mean fix your sleep schedule, waking up at 10 AM and that kind of thing? What, why are you trying to adjust your sleep schedule right now? Uh, so what I mean is MSI is coming up. Everybody, if you didn't know, that's going to be in Vietnam and the broadcast, because we're out doing out of LA is going to be at midnight the earliest or starting at 3 a.m., which means I need to be up until 10 a.m., usually just working. The fact that I am going to bed currently when the broadcast starts and waking up when it ends means my sleep schedule is as bad as it could possibly be. So I am I'm in a bit of a pickle here. Well, I'm sorry, my friend. Uh, it sounds like you've had a tough time. I didn't even know you were up in Northern California or anything like that. We haven't really talked. Yeah, I went to... Went to Hearst Castle. Oh yeah, I did Hearst see Castle. that picture. Yes. Yeah. My I did. I, that was wild. a great photo shoot you did, by the way. Thanks, dude. Um. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm pretty tired. I have this tonight. <clears throat> Gonna have to try and stay up all day. My brother comes back tomorrow from Yosemite. I'm gonna spend more time with him. I have an offline TV meeting tomorrow night, and then MSI I think starts tomorrow night too. And my brother's around Wednesday, which I'm going to spend with him. So I'm going to get no sleep. And then, yeah, he leaves on Thursday. So this was like my one day to maybe be try and get my sleep working and just. I'm sorry. And that's what I'm eating right now because I don't give a fuck. This is the only time I can eat or I, I woke up at seven. trying. I mean, to. I'm sure you give a fuck. You care about the show. And the viewers, it's just like this is a unfortunate Lowest thing you can't talk about. priority thing in my life right now, talking to you. <clears throat> well, uh, it's great to be on a Hotline League with How's Mark this week. week. Well, how's my week? Uh, my week has been okay. It's mostly been getting ready for Vietnam. Uh, Brennan and I leave on Thursday. And we're going to be actually in the Hanoi area for uh, several days before. Because we're only, we're only doing groups. So... We're not doing plans, so we're which I'm hap happy now, extremely happy. We're not doing plans now, considering the yeah. schedule change. That would have been uh, terrifying. Anyway, <clears throat> we uh, so we go on Thursday, but we're going to be in Hanoi for a couple days and maybe explore around a bit uh, before we come back. So we're headed out there early. 
but I had to figure out a bunch of stuff. I have to get a visa. I have to uh, just get some personal stuff in order back home and all that before I head out. Uh, and working on some other projects I can't really talk about yet. But it has been, been good. That's uh, cool. Uh, this weekend's been pretty crazy. There's so much to talk about even outside league. Two franchises that have been running up for like 10, 10 plus years-ish. Yeah, have this have like their kind of climaxes almost in the same weekend. It's like, what? How does this happen? Yeah, it's pretty sick actually. Um, I thought it was really fun, and I enjoyed both of the the products. We didn't have to talk about them on the show, but I enjoyed both Game of Thrones and Endgame uh, this yeah. week. So I, it was just great. Great. Plus, we didn't do an episode last week because we didn't feel like there was that much to talk about. Now we have MSI MSI schedule change. So this riot news. We have there's something else too that I can't remember that happened in the league scene. <clears throat> what was it? I need to go back to the top threads of the week. On yeah, the league. there's several different things. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I just sort by the past week. Uh, the TF Blade ban. Oh, ben, yeah, that's what it was. The TF Blade ban. Which I know you are a very big... It was, it was you like... You very vocal about it. Like, it's, it's so dumb, it's like kind of fun to talk about. Yeah, I felt bad for him. Although I knew that it would get resolved. Because it just... I could not imagine a world where... Like... Like TL and once Steve said he's gonna work it, look into it. See, uh, you know TL and Twitch have so much business that like he can escalate it high enough that some. Oh, there's the Echo Fox racism thing too. Oh, yep, Rick Fox. That's what I'm saying. Like, so much shit happened this week. It's actually yeah, it's crazy. always crazy drama. Now, what's interesting is I don't know how much of it we can actually like have strong discussions about on the show, um, because a lot of it is just like okay, well, there's that Echo Fox thing. I, we don't really know the full story or what the deal is there. Um, it feels but... like everything is either so black and white that it's hard to take the other side, or it's so gray it's hard to like have an opinion. Yeah, and we're not saying, by the way, that like the Echo Fox issue is like obviously racism is a ter- but the problem is oh, we've yeah, only, I... we only know a couple of details about it, and we don't know if if Rick is staying or what's happening or who was involved or what the context is. It's just sort of, it's weird because it's just, I mean, I just hope Rick doesn't leave the league because I actually think his presence in the LCS is fantastic. So hopefully he doesn't, uh, yeah, he doesn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing I was thinking about doing, so I was supposed to do a show or a video this week where I, I talked to you about this, right? Where I ranked the, um, teams by their value because I know the salaries for each of the teams now. But we do. So I no I w- it was given to me a list of the total salaries for each of the teams, not including their budget or sorry not including bonuses or if there's equity packages I don't know if there's equity packages or anything like that but just like the flat salaries all added to one so I don't know the individual players or whatever. Um. So right, but. This is public information, or no. is this like under NDA? No, no, no. Well, it was not given to me under NDA. It was just given to me. Um, well, but I, I, I'm like 98% certain about it. But I'm not interested in leaking the salary numbers. Why um, not, dude? Think about the clicks. <sighs> well, we've got 500 viewers right now because I fucked up and didn't. Oh, fuck. I don't mean on this show, dude. I mean like. Doing the video? Yeah. In two weeks when MSI is done. And people care more about their regions again. Then drop that shit. Mm. Should I wait for it? So I was okay. Regardless, I don't want to release the 
actual numbers now now a bunch right. of people are gonna be pissed off because they're listening to this and then you're kind of convincing me not to do it on the show but um <laughs> i the thing i don't want to release the actual numbers because i just like that's just not who i like that's just not what my content is it's kind of like not but yeah you were never a real reporter yeah i mean that's so reddit would tell me um but i do think an interesting thing to do would be to because one conversation that i have tried to have going on this show and in other content is people only care about the results right uh that makes sense i don't expect that to change but people are like what team suck what did a great job of building this roster who's got like the best players etc cetera, etc cetera. but what people always ignore in the off season is the like like certain teams make different decisions based around different budgets right so <clears throat> we all know tl did really well building this roster but they also you know it's a meme but also likely true that tl spends the most money um whereas you know like should we be congratulating like a FlyQuest or a golden guardians or an echo fox for doing really well while spending I, I'm not, I don't know the actual numbers off my head, but if let's say they spent like half or a third of what TL spent, should we be, you know, so, so anyway, the whole point is the video I was thinking about doing was ranking the teams based off of their cost effectiveness, as in you can basically take the salary that they spent and uh, divide it by the number of wins they got to determine how cost effective or valuable or whatever their roster was um so for instance tl is not number one on the list because oh loco said i was a softball interviewer all right whatever loco can go watch my chopper interview and then tell me i'm a softball interviewer hey um, man loco loco asked a lot of hard-hitting questions if you haven't noticed he's yeah. getting all those big interviews with people in the scene where you were in focus before, and then you started messing with your... Well, so it was on manual focus, and it wasn't quite focusing up, so I switched to autofocus, and now it's all over the place, and I need to figure it out. Um, yeah, always go manual, because otherwise it's just... It can't, especially in the yes, bullet. Anyway. Yeah, so I went <clears> to <throat> manual, and now I'm figuring it out. Uh, yeah, I just felt like flaming look a little bit. Yeah. So for the people you know, that are listening to the podcast or the YouTube video, that's somebody in the chat was asking me about Loco claiming I was a softball interviewer, but... Aren't you guys on better terms now since he's we, been on the show? Yeah, we are on better terms. terms. I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue with him. Like that. I is just... it good enough that you guys can handle some banter? Uh, yes. And my my, I mean, the, here's the thing: is I I don't take offense at Loco for saying that because I'm sure he's just bantering, and I don't take offense in general. The reason why I responded to that is because people watch like a week seven double lift interview where we're just joking around about what's going on and his relationship with the players and stuff, and go. You know that Travis Gafford, he's such a soft, he doesn't ask the real questions, you know, why is he need grilling people? But then they don't go watch my interview with Chopper, where I'm like, hey, what's the deal with the diversity issues at LCS? Why, like, I, is it true that 100 Thieves boycotted the owner's meeting? Blah, blah, blah. And they, they just, they're like, I don't want to watch the Chopper interview, that looks boring. And so then they... They call me a softball interviewer. Anyway, my whole point but is... did you title the video Chopper Denies Allegation of blah, blah, blah? Or even better, <sighs> Riot Denies, you know... I am just so... Like, I, people claim I click... I'm very clickbaity. That stuff the, I feel like you're is... You're terrible at clickbaiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to... 
I think that's just so over the top. You know, so I know that that's a title option for that interview, but it's so over the top that I want to do it. You, you saw that Fox drop uh, tweet from like, you know, three months ago, right? Uh, no. What was it? Uh, let me, let me oh, try Oh, wait, the thing about where he talked about like the difference in his views and the growth on his channel and stuff. Yeah, he said like he used to not clickbait and in one month he started clickbaiting and his watch time and revenue doubled. Yes. I mean, I like... have definitely tried to do more clickbaity stuff on the YouTube channel while also not feeling like an asshole. So it's like, it's like being a lawyer and being like, I don't want to represent bad people. Or who might be guilty? It's like, well, sometimes you got to. So sometimes you just gotta clickbait. Regardless, I think I think if you saying, want that money, right? Denies allegations or whatever. Of I think that that's a little too much. But anyway, my whole point is, eventually, <clears throat> I will, and probably not in the show. Now that you made the point that I could just wait till after MSI, um, I will probably release a video where I'm basically saying, look, which teams had the most success per dollar, um. TL, for instance, is not at the top. And so I think it's just a different way to look at the success of the teams. Because if you built a roster for a third of what somebody else built, and then you barely underperform them, or in some cases you overperform them, I think that's an interesting conversation to have. And I think it's important. Anyway, that's the other uh, thing I've been thinking about doing this week. Cool. Sounds, sounds, uh, sounds fun. Somebody says, tell us who's the worst. 100 Thieves. Nobody should ever consider that there's any chance that it would be anybody other than uh, last place Zephyrs. team yeah. with star players. Yeah. Probably not the cheapest. Yeah, I'd imagine someone like Optic is pretty good, right? Uh, well, I'll do the video at some point in time. Okay. Yeah. As I tell you not to talk about it, here I go like fishing. Yeah, you're like wait for later, but tell me now. Yeah, <laughs> we can. I'll, I'll tell you at some point, or we can talk about it beforehand. beforehand I mean, I think I know before. roughly a lot of them. Number but one I mean, will I mean, surprise you. <laughs> you mean in terms of placing compared to dollars spent or in terms yeah, yeah. of dollars spent? Yeah. <laughs> but that's also a clickbait headline, but it's also true. Oh, Nick Allen leaving CLG. That's another thing that happened. Thank you, Cameron. Oh, yeah, CLG I mean, blew up yeah. because Brian Tran left too. Yeah, although I don't think CLG Brian Tran was involved as much with like the the league side of things from what I can tell. I think he was just more of like a corporate operations person. Um, right, but I mean like the company is experienced. But yes, it does look weird whenever two people up at the top are leaving. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> CLG subreddit is in an interesting place right now. I actually, I love anybody who wants to just going to a subreddit when the team is in a, in a really weird place. It's actually very popcorn. Uh, it's like going to the Song of Fire and Ice subreddit instead of the Game of Thrones subreddit to see the reaction to the last episode. Yeah. That's what it's like. <clears throat> VX Jupiter says, please let us know what type of shampoo you use. I would love to know what your hair smells like. Uh, Paul Mitchell. Head and shoulders, two in one, baby. Yikes. Um, that's okay. Anyway, let's, uh, do you want to explain how the show works? Uh, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen the show before... Uh, the way that we do this is we have a Discord, and I'm going to spam it in Twitch chat right now. So you go ahead and you join up at that Discord. Once you're there, go ahead and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2, the voice channels. Uh, from there, you don't need to do anything. You just go into the Pleb Topics text channel and go ahead and write out whatever it is you want to talk about. You know, we kind of went over all the things that happened this week, so, you know, feel free to just kind of pick one. Uh, 
And then from there, if we like your topic and you're especially if you have a nice take for that topic, we'll pull you into the waiting room from the voice channel that you're in. You'll hang out there until it's your turn. I'll hop in, do a quick uh, mic check to make sure everything's good, and then we'll pull you into the on-air room. And uh, and if you looking are pretty dead right now, Travis. What's that? Says looking pretty dead right now. Well, they'll get going. This is a great week for you to be able to to get on the show. So if you've been, if, if you Mark's been denying you, week. if Mark's been denying you, we again because I fucked up starting the show on time and all that stuff. We have half the viewers we normally have so you can sneak in with your shitty take this week i know you've been waiting forever um <clears throat> uh oh, yeah. also just general msi predictions even though you know there's group stage first and most of the teams you care about aren't playing for the next couple of days but yeah I actually think can you will... can you do me a favor and talk a little bit about that because i actually have done a, a piss poor job of paying attention to what's going on and plans and all that um i mean obviously i saw the schedule change but maybe because you've had to do this research you can give us a, a little preview while the topics going oh and uh, by the way if you, you are a sub by the way please put your topics in the subtopics chat because uh, we check that as well and it moves a little slower um so you get a good chance of getting on the show if you do that uh if i'm gonna do this do you mind looking at topics so I can yeah yeah we'll switch roles this time so my, my focus Ooh, yeah. baby all right so filling in one. uh obviously if you haven't heard msi schedule got super messed up um there was the death of the president or prime minister or some a former political figure yeah high level political figure in vietnam and it's tradition to hold a mourning period where there can be no events no anything like the, you know they shut down everything for a couple of days and that was during msi so riot has had to scramble obviously it's a shitty situation you can't do much about it and it's only going to affect playing stage and the format for playing stage was kind of the typical you know, play in format, you have multiple groups, they play against themselves in the groups, and then they go play against a couple major regions to try and play into the uh, main tournament. The way this one was structured was there's two groups of four, I believe, uh, and the top from each group get out only, and then they play Flash Wolves and Team Liquid. The winner of those best of fives will go into the main tournament, and then the loser of those best of fives will play to be the last team seated into the tournament. Um, that was supposed to take place over six days, I'm pretty sure. I think it was like five games a day, and then two best of fives in one day, and then one best of five. And due to the schedule change, they're doing eight games, eight games, potentially up to 11 games on that day for tiebreakers, if I understand it correctly. Uh, and then, well, I guess it's eight games, like two days off, eight more games with the potential for tiebreakers, and then a 10 game day potentially 10 game day for the double best of five and i think the last best of five days so i think they lost two of their six days and now it's over four um so it's pretty weird well i mean i assume that's going to kill you on the broadcast so there's yeah I mean, I, you guys I, are doing uh, like eight hour ten hour broadcast days right yeah i mean the casters are the ones who are, who are really going to die and i think there's a feeling that people might have to i think those days will get potentially split up uh, more so than they were planning on doing. So I think people were, you know, we're going to do, I don't know. It's, it's just tough for the casters because they're just going to have to work a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's MSI. Are there favorite teams to get through the plans? Yeah. So if you missed the group draw show, um, group a kind of feels like the group of death. There's, 
a couple teams in Group A that uh, are the main threats to anyone. Uh, so you have 1907 Fenerbahce coming in. Uh, but they're actually not the main one. From my understanding, obviously, it's going to be Fungu Buffalo, who are the, um, you know, they were sort of a major region, and I think they got moved back down or something. Uh, but they're in Group A as well. Uh, so it's it's pretty tough for Group A. They also have Vega Squadron and Mega. Probably it's just between... Fungvu. Oh, no, excuse me. They actually have um, Bombers and Isteris. I misspoke. So some people are hyped on Bombers. They're a really good OPL team. Uh, Isteris, they merged Latin America North and Latin America South. And Isteris was the team to come out of that. Um, and they have a couple people you might know, like Seiya and Audi and stuff like that. So Group A is really tough. Group B feels a lot easier. There's the Japanese team, Detonation Focus Me, Brazil's team, but it's not the team everyone wanted from Brazil. It's like a team that doesn't look very good and people think they lucked their way into it. There's Mega from SEA, which Southeast Asia has been bad ever since they split that region up a bunch of times. Um, and then lastly, it's Vega Squadron, who are from the LCL and some people are trying to hype up, but I don't think it's gonna, gonna happen. By the way, I'm gonna feed we we're getting very few topics um including somebody who keeps trying to talk about richard fox um the <clears throat> i'm going to seed some topics to you guys because we were just talking about these so if people want to talk about i'm looking for topics about riot walkout uh the oh nick clg and the management leaving um the tf blade thing uh what else did we talk we we mentioned um yeah, stuff like that would be great. Uh, people talking about how, like, when G2 and TL meet in the semifinals of MSI, we've got, like, another three more weeks of MSI, so <laughs> I, I kind of want to wait till we get closer to those moments for, for us to have those types of conversations. Uh, um, there's Richard Lewis drama. I don't know. Because it's, it's kind of the Echo Fox drama, but it's... Oh, like the... Well, the I don't think we need a call to talk about that, but we should say really quickly... It is really disappointing that uh, the the conversation around the Echo Fox stuff got removed from the subreddit. Like, even if people can't put the article up there, because I know he's, like, indefinitely banned, um, like, it's really weird that the thread discussing the article uh, without a link to the article got removed from the League of Legends subreddit. The mods are just in a whole new world. Like... It wasn't until LOL Esports tweeted about it that we, they, we were able to actually talk about it on the subreddit. I yeah. I just feel like they the, set up, a whole other planet. Yeah, they set up this weird Catch-22 where it was like, okay, I, I don't know exactly what went down between Richard Lewis and the mods way back in the day that got him banned. Whatever. But then they made it so that you couldn't post his article, which was the only article out there about it. But at the same time, you couldn't talk about the news without a source, and he's the only source out there. Yes. So you have so to like pick it's... one. Either you you allow the article, or you don't allow the article and allow the discussion about the article. Right. And, and rather than this is this is what we talked about before. Like rather than use their their brains and be like, okay, we should make an exception in this situation yes. to his content because this is a very important piece of news relevant to the league community that we should lift the ban so people can get the article from him because vaguely talking about it without a source is obviously much worse than yep. letting this guy who you've banned 
on the subreddit for this one topic and making an exception to the rule. But of course, they can't do that. They have these two rules that create a situation where you can't talk about it, and that's that's what they go with, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so anyways, yeah, I guess we don't need to cover any more than that. It's ridiculous. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's... I've, I've got uh, five people in that the waiting room, so I think that's enough. Um, do you have... Uh, who'd you pull first? Just give me a starting point. Uh, Tom Shu. Okay. Off Mark goes. Uh, while he's there grabbing our first caller, I want to read off some names, some subs, some people who've supported the show uh, this week. O'Nuggins, Ship Nate, uh, Will D1 Thrill, Deadly Moth 29, Dr. Manhattan 18, who's sitting around 18 months, uh, Will D1 Thrill, Lil Rhea, Rebel Comfort 15, and Purple Ray Q. We got Tom Shu on the show. Tom Shu, welcome back. Uh, hey, guys. Long time no see. It's been a while. Yeah, when was the last time you were on? <clears throat> ah, geez, I think it's been like at least a month. Wow. Yeah, it's been quite a bit. That's crazy. Um, yes. Well, okay, so what do you want to talk Oh, First off, remind me where you're from. Uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia. Hampton Roads, Virginia. And what do you want to talk about? Is that like, do you, do you guys see the Country Road song there? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that's, in, um, that's in West Virginia. This is just okay. normal Virginia. Uh, no, okay. one, no one ever cared about that. They play that for everything. I was watching... Fucking, this is gonna be a tangent for a second. Um, no Kingsman Two, and they're going to like Tallahassee or something, or maybe they were going to Georgia. I think they were going to Georgia, and they played Country Roads as like the transition song to get to Georgia. Even though they say West Virginia like in the second line of that song, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? I don't yeah. know. It's just like a generic hick song, you know, like horses There's in the back. There's better ones. There's better ones. Yeah. Sweet home Alabama. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so what do you want to talk about? Uh, sure. Uh, today I want to talk about, um, just recently, I think about, was it yeah, two days ago, that uh, TL's head analyst was uh, go popping off on Twitter uh, talking about TL's chances in group stage at MSI, uh, assuming they actually just make it past the play-ins, which they probably should. Uh, he just posted a series of tweets up there. Uh, let me read the first one for you. Pretty sure anyone sleeping on TL is going to be surprised as hell. We have the best or second best bottom lane in the tournament, lol. And then he keeps going on, more hot takes. I think G2, TL, and SKT are all better than IG team-wise. Lol NA top three is better than EU top three. I think TL is below any of the top three. Man, makes me laugh out loud, yada yada. Uh, I just want to get some of your thoughts on that. Uh, so, what... What the great thing about this guy is, TLKs is his Twitter. I've got his, his stuff up on the screen right now. So people might not remember this, but he was an analyst for, or maybe an assistant coach or something, for Fnatic last year. And Mark, really? do you remember when he called into the show? Wait, he did? Oh, Mark, you muted yourself. <clears throat> when did I do that? Did we get all my popping off about... Whatever. Uh, I don't think I remember that. Oh, yeah. You, I heard you pop off about Country Road. Um, okay, great. So That's he was the one part. that called in and said Fnatic is going to 3-0 in the finals. You remember? Oh, yeah. That was pretty... I didn't yikes. realize that was him. Yes, that was him. So he left Fnatic and now works for TL. And he came up and introduced himself to me, I think maybe like the first week or whatever, and was like, hey, dude, I'm the guy that called into the show. Um, and, and I remember he got flamed so much for that. And then I think over the course of the call, we were like, are you sure you want? He's like, 
Well, I think it's going to be a 3-0 either way. Uh, maybe how I would say it, actually. Um, so it's, it's funny now that the next international event, he's got a bunch of tweets going. Uh, I wish, you know, he's probably in in uh, Korea right now with the team, but I wish he would call in on, on this episode and say all this stuff. <clears throat> so so I, I guess I'd say I'm glad this guy exists, and I appreciate that he is not afraid to speak his mind and give spicy hot takes. Yeah. But yes. that's not the track record I think TL fans want to hear because I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yes, yes, it's the same <laughs> guy, and I love it. I love it so much. It's him. Uh, so, what did you? What's your take on all that, Tom Shu? Because I know you mentioned that he tweeted this stuff. I don't know if you have a take on it. Oh yeah, of course. Well, with the uh, with how well TL is going to do at MSI, I'm not exactly worried about their bottom lane. Like Double Lift and Core JJ have been notoriously consistent. Honestly, them picking priority lanes for Double Lift and Core JJ is basically how they came back against TSM, be able to reverse sweep them because just because of Double Lift getting priority with Varus. Uh, but uh, if I was worried about anything, it's more being the rest of the team. Like how is how is impact gonna you know step up against the shy and all these amazing tops and can Jensen really hold his own versus rookie and caps and I think the jury is kind of out on that one so I think he might be getting a little optimistic as far as uh being you know top of the pack. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I think there was a Reddit thread where people were discussing this as well, and I think that was the top comment as well. It's like, oh, right, that was great. my top comment. Oh, it was you. Yeah, that was me. Hey, nice. Uh, well, you get to talk about it in two large places. Um, regardless, I I think it's really... Yes, I think it's so strange to just be like... That, okay, it's very similar to... Because we'll get people that call in and they say... Cloud9 is going to win because Niski's popping off and is doing so well. And he's going to smash Bjergsen in lane. And it's amazing. He's like a god. And you go, okay, it's great. You've discussed one player. Um, you haven't really told me how like the team is going to win on a broader level. Now, I do think um, I'm trying to see if we pull up his tweets again. If he, <laughs> excuse me. Well, they cover a lot of ground too. Oh yeah. What his his tweets? You mean? Yeah, like it's not just like TL is going to win. It's also like the top. He's talking about like regional strength, the top three when Rift Rivals comes around. Yeah, he's IG is yeah, not as good as G2 TL to SKT. So I'm just wondering. I guess maybe we we do need like a a thing to. A, a focus for this conversation um and and it is i guess maybe just that first part for sure about it's kind of weird to say they're sleeping on us we've got the best or second best bot lane when there's so much more going on in that team right like you know to tom shoe's point i definitely agree that yeah double lift and core jj sounds really good one of the best eastern supports with the best western ad carry for north america at least you know you can Bait Reckless the, versus the best versus Western ADC. The yeah, best Reckless. Western ADC. Love uh, uh, but either way, you know, like super good pairing in the bot lane, um, especially if Mickey is not playing, uh, and it's you know it's going to be a pretty I think obvious pick that you know TL is the better bot lane of Western teams. But like, yeah, to that point, like, well, the question is like, you guys have not. You play like a, a pretty late style, it feels like. Uh, impact's concern maybe in the top lane against the Shy and um, some of the other top laners. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, and then, like, the the whole point is kind of, like, weird where he's saying, like, oh, yeah, Rookie and the Shy are super good, but 
they're just like laning good, so their team's not actually that good. But by the way, we have a good bot lane, and our team's not that good. But don't worry about that. Yeah, it's it feels somewhat similar line of, unless he's saying that their team's actually really good. Um, but the the point that he raised, at least in that tweet, was like we have a great lane in one position, so we're gonna do well. Don't mind this team that has probably the strongest solo lanes in the tournament. That's just one worlds. Don't worry about them. Yeah, hey, I pretty much weird? agree. What's weird too just, is that in the Twitter chain, people are challenging him on like, "Hey, what about the other uh, parts of your team?" And he never replies to those tweets, but he does reply to the others that are like, "Well, he well actually, somebody says, do you really see any TL solo lane above competition?" And he just replies, "It's like NA is better than EU." And I'm like, uh, "I don't know if I love this guy or if I I think he's a crazy man. Maybe a little bit of both." But I well, he yeah, he responded to the second half of that guy's point. Barely made it through NA finals while others were like trashing their regions. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like NA better than EU top three. Uh, Wait, go eh. go down a little bit, Travis. Sorry. Sure. Oh, he he responded to his own tweet, and I wasn't sure what he said there. And so, in terms of MSI, to think TL is below any of the top teams by a full letter grade makes me laugh out loud. Like G two is playing with a sub. So again, like I, he's he's focused so much on the bot lane. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't know. It's just uh, just looking at the rest of the team. I just feel like this is a team that can really get punished hard in draft, especially because uh, I don't know. Talking about the impact only plays tanks meme. They can be really real when you're playing against stuff like the shy and you're playing against rookie and like all these guys who can like play anything anywhere, even like G2 who have a sub bot lane. Like if you get crushed by wonder and caps, then what's your bottom lane going to do? Yeah. I don't think of impact and X Smithy and think, man, they're going to crush the international competition. Um, yeah. And I don't think I always think that they'll go even either. Yeah. That's like kind I thought of... losing gracefully was impacts thing. Yeah. I mean, he can play some carries. You know, like he has a decent GP, I think, and he can, he can sort of play frontline mages. You okay, Tom? Fine. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, man, his GP is fine. Oh no, I'm In just an a. Yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick it against a shy. Um, I wouldn't really want to pick it against Khan. I, I don't know. Maybe he can. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like who, who would I want him to pick it against? Like, yeah. maybe I don't know. Playing. But, but We're gonna LMS team. Uh, the LM you can play against LMS and some of the wildcard teams. You know, like I guess that's fair. That's about half the teams. That's not them. Yeah, like what can also what can what can Jensen do? Like I don't know. He's been getting a lot of like hype lately. Can he? Do you think he can stand up versus like rookie and caps? I think nah. so. For the most part, like uh, I think they're, they're clearly better players than him, uh, and I think uh 1v1 would be a struggle so i'm a little concerned about that especially in a best of five but like he also has last world's hulked out really hard uh to help them uh win their series in the quarterfinals against what was africa mm -hmm. and he has a he has a decent track record at international competition um so you yeah. know it's obviously there's rookie caps and faker but like to get out of groups and into quarters, like, you know, you, you don't need to be beating those guys 1v1 and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's just, like, is it really a success if we go, like, 4 and 6 and then get swept in semis? No, absolutely not. But uh, I guess I'm saying, like, I don't feel like the mid lane is the, the big mismatch problem. I think, like, I'm not, I don't love Team Liquid's, like, style for, for the tournament. Me neither. Um, I mean, stiff as a board. Yeah, so that plus top lane plus potentially jungle. 
They just need to pull up Cloud9. They need to find some other team that's got a great style and then just, like, yoink. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, so much of, of Western success in recent international tournaments has been like, ah, we have that X factor. Like, C9's playing a bunch of weird stuff, and G2's playing weird stuff, and Fnatic's, like, doing super cool stuff. And, like, Team Liquid is, is the least cool team we have. <laughs> maybe the entire league. <laughs> for no yeah, that's a, It's, like, that's the least true. exciting team to watch in draft. So, like, I don't, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, they're always a solid team, but I don't know. They just don't have that kind of ceiling that TSM or C9 does. Hey, thank you so much uh, for calling in, Tom. Anything you want to say? Um, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, giving us constructive feedback about the uh, the whole Richard Lewis thing. Helps make the stuff right better. Oh, and also um, remember to support your local talent in one like equals one enemy mid laner. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. No problem. Take it easy. <clears throat> All right. We can do another uh, call. I think someone disappeared. Did they? Yeah, oh, yeah. Somebody did. Now. I don't know who. Maybe they'll show back up again later. Because uh, we definitely had four more in the, the chamber. Uh, <clears throat> Purple Break Q for the 13 months. Thank you, Alienware, for allowing Travis to cover all these major events. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Uh, Rebelcom, Ilrea. I think I said those. Uh, Gafford Ganger 420. The four months. Uh, hey Travis, have a good time in Vietnam. Safe travels. I hope so. Who on a hill for seven and Hoik for six? We got Pat in the call. Pat, where are you calling from? Uh, Big Rapids, Michigan. Big Rapids, Michigan. Have you been on the show before? No. Okay. Well, welcome. First time uh, on the show. Good to have you. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So, uh, bear with me because I don't have like stats in front of me, but I think that TL is going to be the new TSM, and uh, they're just going to flop at every international tournament. Okay. Speaking, I first off, looking forward to talking about this hot take, but we also have TLKs who just subbed as a tier two sub for two, seven months and said did not expect that one to blow up. So he's here. The analyst himself is watching, and now we've got a topic where you're saying that they're going to fail and flop just like TSM, <clears throat> so he can watch that and enjoy it. Uh, go ahead and uh, explain sort of your thought process on this. Okay, so in North America, obviously they're like way above everyone else and you can see that in their gameplay but once they get to world stage like like double if said in the one interview at worlds like it's the one thing that he just can't do and i think that something mentally is just holding him back and i think he knows that because he kind of like makes comments like a lot about it and i think even though he like upgraded to having core jj as a support like kind of towards the end of the season core jj seemed to like not be necessarily caring as much also, their overall playstyle um, kind of reminds me of Schalke from EU, uh, in that like they aren't themselves like very aggressive early game. If they play against a team that is aggressive, then like sometimes they can handle it. But once you get to the world stage, you're playing against teams that like actually know what they're doing early game, and it's hard to match something like that when you don't play that yourself. So on your, your first take, which is Double's international performance, uh, I do remember him saying that in the interview at Worlds last year. I just kind of disagree because on... I do agree that he had pretty poor performances internationally prior at most of his events. But uh, last year at MSI and at Worlds, I felt like the general consensus was that Double Lift wasn't an issue that he played pretty well. Um, and then in one game in particular, I think towards the end of his running groups, he played... Very well. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. Was that the general consensus? 
I think uh, people have been decently happy with his international, uh, his individual international performance. I think MSI was a little bit better than Worlds uh, for him. Um, but it never really felt like double lift was the problem. Quite like you could maybe say that a little bit uh, during the TSM years where he was notably less impactful in his international games and made some pretty big mistakes than his, his regional ones. I felt like, for the most part, it was not double lift play that was hurting them at international play last year. But we were just kind of talking about the style concerns. Uh, I don't know, Mark, you probably, much like uh, all noble North Americans, don't really watch much EU, right? Um, I watch, so I have started prepping for MSI. So are I you familiar watched... with the Shul- Shulka references that oh, Pat is making? Oh, fuck no. Okay. Uh, not really. Uh, I've watched G2. I've watched a couple of G2 series now. Yeah, you watch watched the, the relevant ones, yeah. And, and yeah. To be fair, I haven't watched a lot of EU this year, but it was more like next year, what I remember from Shalko. Yeah. But, um, so, like, with Double F, like, it's not necessarily that, like, so obviously he, like, plays well, but, it like, the way I see it, at least, is, like, he's not playing to win his lane, and, like, he never really did anything like, um, the IG, I think it was the IG bot lane, uh, where, like, he just pops off like he just doesn't have any moments like that at worlds to where i feel like on his team like if someone's going to carry it's probably going to be him and he just doesn't have like the right mindset for it it's it's a it's been a little while since since last year so i, I don't exactly remember and like in the finals he had that game where you know he has like a 40 csd lead over sven even though he's dying a little bit because the enemy team's super forcing him he's buying space for like the rest of his team and stuff like that like the game three game uh and then obviously they, they crushed game four like i i think he has some games where he got pretty good cs leads um but like a large part of like you know he doesn't get a ton of solo kills and blow the game open like you're used to watching week in and week out in the lcs because the players are just better and it's more about like your team working well to to exploit like if you poke someone low in international competition through like good laning and trades like it's very unlikely that player kills themselves um it more often requires like team coordination. Sometimes it happens, especially in solo lanes. But uh, to that point, like I agree, it doesn't look as impressive. But I also don't think like there are other marksmen like running around absolutely shitting on kids left and right. And it's like, wow, Doublelift isn't keeping up. But on the style stuff, yes, you, we are concerned about that. Yeah, I just I think that they play a pretty boring style uh, where you saw like. The, the TSM draft thing to me, like prep, where like they took Sonateric and that the, their answer was Ash Syra, and you hear them say like, "Oh, we didn't think they would take it. We kind of prepped for it, but we didn't seriously think about it," or like that's kind of how it sounded, is like pretty concerning a little bit. And I I don't think they have like this is our explosive counterpick to this situation that like if things go well, we'll crush. It doesn't feel like they ever have that. They tried the Heimer into Zoe, didn't super didn't go very well. Um, so, like, that would be my concern. Like, yeah, they're probably not going to outskill that many teams. Is their coordination significantly better than the other top regions teams? Probably not. So, like, you kind of want that X factor that some teams have had before, like G2's Heimerdinger pick, where it's like, you got to ban that. And if you don't ban it, you're going you're gonna to lose. And then, like, they have a couple of their picks that they play super well that makes drafting against them difficult. I don't know what makes drafting against Team Liquid difficult at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it does feel like we just don't have anything up our sleeve compared to some of and, the other... And maybe they know this and they're prepping something, you know, and then they, they, they pull something out and I look dumb in two weeks. Um, but it's not been their situation up until now. Right, history does not seem to it's point not, to It's that. not like they pulled, they beat TSM with innovative strategies no one had ever seen. They were um, losing because of innovative strategies. Yes. Once the, the drafts normalized, <clears throat> they started winning. Jensen pulled out Heimerdinger and it was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of reminds me of like last, I think it was last year when they said that they were practicing new strategies when they started like losing. Um, and even then they didn't really bring out anything that was like special or anything. So I don't, I don't think they have it like in them to even like, it just, it reminds me. So going back to my original topic, like it reminds me of when TSM would get to worlds and like, you could just see that they were like trying to like copy the meta like from korea and just play what they perceive as like being really strong which is fine if you're like playing that in north america but once you get to worlds like how did c9 succeed like they played really heavily early game and they just fought every fight but i don't think team liquid can even do that yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of in agreement on the style point might not have agreed on the bottling point, but definitely agree about the, the style concern. <clears throat> and I, I don't know if you, you want to attribute exactly to, like, they're trying to copy Korean teams or not, or, you know... Yeah, I feel like that's a classic go-to, but I don't know if it's... Yeah, it's one of those ones where, like, it feels good to say, but you're not quite sure if it's true, because easily they could also be playing those things and having their best scrim results when they play those champs. And then, you know, it's, it's hard to be like, ignore your scrim results, play weird shit that you haven't been successful with. Because maybe they did try stuff and it wasn't working as well as the meta stuff. So it's always a little speculative for that excuse or for that for that reason. I, I don't love it, but to that point, it's not like they were creative. You know, regardless of reasoning, they haven't been creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Pat, for calling in. Anything you want to say here? <clears throat> um, I don't think so. Shout out to Alienware. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one, and thanks for the call. Yep, thanks. Yep. All right. Um, Are we doing a break? I think we're doing a break. Actually, let's do one more. <clears throat> let's do one more. Okay. I'm realizing the video I need to play is in 4K, and the uh, XSplit hates it when I feed it 4K video, so I'm trying to figure out a workaround. Is that why it was breaking? It has a couple of frame drops a little bit ago. You're asking a lot of questions. I don't feel comfortable discussing. Alrighty. <clears throat> Alright, Mark went off to grab the next caller. If it sound, if my throat's a little weird or I'm, you hear me clearing my, clearing my throat a lot, I apologize. I had a cold like six weeks ago. I was like, okay, cool. There's my cold for the season. And then a week ago, Kobe walks in. He's got a cold. Now I have a cold. It's not as bad as the first time, but somehow he gave me the flashback. I don't... <clears throat> Very frustrating. Uh, Aduin, Jubes for 10 months, Admiral Long Dong Silver, 5 months, Exogen Chan, Pluto 7443, Luna Bubble for 16 months, and Nihilus Gamer for 11. Looks like we got our next person here flushed. Hand, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm going to turn you up a bit. Uh, nice. Have you been on the show before? I have not. Well, great. Welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about the TF Blade situation and how, well, I do think it sucks for him, and it was, like, right for it to be reverted. <clears throat> I completely understand it from Twitch's perspective, how they, like, had to do it. 
Okay. Uh, so what? Why? Well, first off, I don't think we're going to argue with you that uh, if people are dropping racial slurs on their platform, that they should take action against it. Um, but it does feel like the double down, where they're like, actually, we had a bunch of people review it, and it's still an issue. That I guess that's where I get confused. So I don't know if you're saying like it makes sense that they still kept it going or what. No, no. no. So I, I think the original makes sense. Where like if they had people listen to it and they're like. Well, this is what we hear. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta ban him. And like, I mean, okay. So, first off, in the beginning, when I first listened to it, uh, I couldn't tell anything was being said. I had no idea what was going on. And then I went to the comments, saw what they were saying, and then I played it in slow motion, and I heard uh, the slur, right? Yeah. Um, but when I played it at normal speed, I heard "idiot" every time. So, I mean, I can see how they heard it because when I slowed it down, that's all I can hear, even now. like, But played at normal speed, I hear uh, idiot. Um, yeah, my concern is, once it is clear that there, it is like broadly up for debate, <clears throat> you know, like, mm -hmm. if it was a 100% a thing, the community is not going to come out and be like, actually, I'm hearing something completely different, right? Like, they, I feel like this guy would be, you know, blasted from the mountaintops. But... Instead, it's very obvious that there's a giant question mark here. I don't oh, yeah. think, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Chad or, or Mark or something, but I don't think there's any history of TF Blade exhibiting poor behavior or saying anything inappropriate. Like if XQC does it and you're like, this is borderline, you're like, okay, well, this guy has a questionable history on streaming, meh. but like, I don't, I'm, I'm unaware of anything like that with TF Blade. I mean, uh, TF Blade definitely you know, like rages at the game a little bit, and he's not like PC necessarily, where he's he's clearly swearing a lot. You know, he's not child friendly, but sure. he's he's also never been like a. But he's like uh, rated R. You know, situation not like he's like he's like PG thirteen to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, like oh these 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 fucking guys, you know, they drop some f bombs. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but he's he's not bad at all. He's, he's one of the better ones. Yeah, he's absolutely, and he's a good guy. Like, you can easily tell, just uh watching him for a little bit like um so yeah on that point i think that's i can understand like my take on it was this like i understand it's ambiguous at, at the beginning like there's definitely like the word starts with an n and depending on what device you're listening to as people talk about the yanny laurel thing like there's probably something going on with depending on what device you're listening to what word you're listening for um that kind of stuff like when i listened to it on my headset the first time i was like this is so clear i heard it when it slowed down i always heard idiots i showed it to my dad one time because i was hanging out with my family last week when all this was going on i showed it to my dad uh and i was gonna ask him like what do you hear and i pulled my phone out and just kind of held it out and then i kind of heard the the n-word that time um and i was like okay so maybe there's a little bit more credence to this but to travis's point the problem is not that like um, people didn't shit on twitch for banning him the first time necessarily like it is a little up in the air it is a little questionable there it definitely starts mm -hmm. with an n you can kind of understand why there is some concern around it and the first ban happens i think it's everything that happened after the first day and the first ban is why people really dug in on this and that's why i really dug in on it oh yeah and like that's the thing is it's not like oh you know you twitch shouldn't ban anyone when they hear the n-word or anything like that it's just like okay well this guy has a squeaky clean record and then you double down, you listen to it again, and then you say, well, taking into account your squeaky, squeaky clean record, we think you said it. 
you, we still think you're wrong, but we, you know, you're not a bad guy. So now it's seven days. And it's like, well, if that yeah, was the case, that's crazy. Exactly. That, at that point, you have to get rid of it all, <clears throat> right? Like, if you admit that there's any, like, you know, well, either you know, either it's like, why was it thirty in the first place? Why are you changing it now? Nothing you said here indicates that you should be switching it. Other than that means you didn't take those factors into account in the first place. You just arbitrarily threw a thirty-day like ban at this guy. I expect the Twitch admins to do a better job than the League of Legends subreddit mods, all right? Like, that's literally a League subreddit mod call. Yeah, at that point, they should have just said, you know, we're sorry, we messed up, your ban's lifted. And they still haven't, like, apologized, have they? And I, I don't think no, they're going no. to. Total radio yeah, silence. No chance. <clears throat> Uh, because, so because it's just embarrassing if they if they put it out. I think they just feel will feel like they've got egg on their face. I mean, to me, it kind of. So my question is like, I want I wanted to to ask like which this like, what is your system for like? Do you have a database of all infractions that you've handed out that you can like, pull from to look at precedents? Like you don't have to treat everyone exactly the same way, but like, do you have some system of checking for precedents against like? how these things have been handled in the past has this guy been banned before has he received warnings before like do you have i mean their their chat has it right now like i can click on anybody in this chat and see how many times like escapee one this guy in the chat or or lady i don't know he's been timed out once in my chat uh, but zero right, bans right but that's that's on your i know part, i'm just right? saying if twitch chat has it i gotta imagine on the back end they have yeah, but the, I mean, I, I would hope so, but you, you don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's my question is, like, did you have a repository where you checked and saw that there are no previous infractions against this guy? Did you check what happened for, like, other potential racial slurs? Because, like, I've heard people ban before for this stuff, but I didn't think oh, it was yeah. that long. It all feels arbitrary, like, uh, just, like, yeah. depending on the guy in the day, you know? Like, uh, you guys hear the, the Pokemon one, right? Like, where yeah. she said Anibia? And it's like, that one to me sounded way more like it. And I was like, oof. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's what she meant. Or like, I think she meant Anivia. But it's like, you know, that one got, like, got away. Yes. Yeah. And, and before, I, I don't think I would have cared uh, that much about the TF Play situation. Because like, I, I, I use live stream failed, like try and stay in the news about what's going on in the platform. I don't really necessarily like the community there but i i you know I, I listen i read the comments and like they're always hunting for like these kinds of like inconsistent rulings and for the most part i'm like that's just what you know I yes and then blaming right. all of it on uh favors or whatever yeah it's like the, the reasoning's not always great i understand there are inconsistencies and so like initially i was just gonna like meme this one up a little bit but then tf blade tweeted something like Think about this as impact on sponsors for me. Like, no one's going to look at the details around it. They're just going to hear that I have been banned for using a racial slur. And, like, that's when I was like, wait, that is pretty fucked up. Like, yeah. uh, and that's that's when I was like, this is, is a little crazy. And the fact that they haven't come out and apologized and just said we're wrong, like, that kind of stuff is, is kind of insane to me. Because, um, like, at the end of the day, it's not exactly 100% clear with what he said, but that's why it's funny that he's basically getting banned for having an accent because he isn't enunciating everything perfectly. He's in a high-stress game and, like, kind of just, like, word fishing and just uh, these fucking... He didn't even actually say fucking, uh, if you go back and look. That's something that people get wrong all the time. They don't actually check it. Um, but, like, to, our po to the initial point, the problem is not that it was a little up in the air. It's just, like, the process took so long and... Uh, it was such a hard 30-day ban out of nowhere, slow to react to, you know. 
it's, it's also just frustrating because there is a world where like, like like twitch looks at these people and say okay if you fuck up on our platform you're gonna get punished but whenever twitch fucks up you know unless they're cutting him a check on the back check on the back end or something or sending him a really big apology and saying this is why we can't say it publicly or whatever i don't know like it's like okay so there's no you fucked up in this situation and you're not going to come out and say anything you're not going to admit it you're just going to quietly unban and hope it all goes away right and if they apologized it would clear some things up at least in terms of you know let's say the sponsor's looking him up or looking up the situation and might they might see instead of you know he gets banned they see twitch apologizes to tf blade for whatever and it would help him out tremendously yeah. tremendously yeah. but Yep, just that's true. No, actually. And, and by unbanning him, you've already admitted you made a mistake. Yep. Like the PR thing is just doing what you should be doing. It's yeah. being a you know a responsible actor in the space, not doing it as like trying to be like, okay, yeah, we fucked up, so let's sleep with under the rug and not not ever acknowledge it, kind of thing. Which is, to me, you know, maybe it maybe it r reduces the blowback because you haven't publicly admitted anywhere you fucked up. But like to people in the scene, it's like even worse. It's like you can't even. You can't even admit your mistakes. Yeah, you know, and that's not like a. I just realized, by the way, I'm so sorry. It, it, some people might be listening to this, and they might not have caught this because maybe they don't go to the subreddit or some, something. Uh, I oh man, I feel bad for anybody that had to sit through this. Just to be clear, here's <laughs> what happened: TF Blade streaming. <clears throat> he says uh, something about like let's kill these idiots. Kill these idiots, yeah. And to some people on certain speaker systems or with certain predilection historians hearing it, I don't know who knows what the cause is. It sounds like he's saying, let's kill these. And then the N word, uh, which of course is, you know, atrocious. If you hear that and that's what you think it is. And you, of course you're going to ban the person. The problem was it rapidly came out that this is not maybe what most people are hearing and is very likely not what he said. And <clears throat> they banned him for 30 days. And so then after, I think maybe like 24 hours or something after, you know, it kind of blew up and there was a Reddit thread about it, they then said, hey, all of our staff, you know, on this team that monitors this stuff still hear it, um, but you've, you've got a good record, so we're going to limit it down. We're going to take it down to seven days. So that's sort of, and then Steve from Team Liquid, because he's a streamer underneath the Team Liquid brand, said he was going to reach out to Twitch and try to get it fixed. And then TF Blade eventually said, okay, well, it got solved. And uh, Yeah, it was another 24 hours. So it was, mm -hmm. all together, it was three days of yeah. him being banned. Do you so think anyway, that's what fixed it? Or do you think it was a, like, they, they just eventually caved? Or who knows? But I'm sure TL, I mean, TL reached out, it's, undoubtedly. The combined and I'm pressure sure that hard the conversation. Sort of yeah. yeah. Anyway, Flush Dan, thank you so much for calling in. Anything you want to say yeah, on the way out? Yeah, thanks for having me. No, I'm all good. Have a good thank one. you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> now let's take a break. Um, Mark, I'm going to mute you really quickly, uh, so that I can play this video and I'm you gonna can eat a, I'm going to eat during it. Yeah. You can watch the video or if you want or something, I don't, I don't know. but either yeah. way, uh, this next thing is a little video that, um, <clears throat> we put together basically a couple of weeks ago in St. Louis, we were able to do a live episode of hotline league. Um, that was, uh, thanks to Alienware and Intel who made it happen. Uh, we made a video just about some of the. The stuff that we did, um, basically, namely the fact that we were able to use an Area 51M, which I've talked about before on the show. I have one now myself, which is kind of fun. I got to to get one myself after the, the show was done in St. Louis. And 
uh, we used it to power the production. So anyway, I, I'll just show the video now and you guys can take a look. I, I think it came out pretty well. We are in St. Louis and Hotline League Live is about to happen. This is amazing because uh, it's great that we can throw together a event for all the fans uh, who want to catch something other than just the games tomorrow. Uh, it's been awesome working with Alienware and Intel. I know Buddy's been really excited about the Area 51M, which is helping us make this whole thing happen. Uh, fans should be coming in any second and uh, I'm just really excited about this whole thing. We're using the Area 51M to do all the live stream switching that we would normally use a much larger product for. We're routing an SLI slotted Decklink Quad 2 card, which is an internal card for, you know, a, like a big desktop computer that we've routed through a Thunderbolt. And we're now routing all of our cameras, everything that we're switching on this show to the Area 51M. This is my video switcher. It's, everything is in this computer. I came with three bags to St. Louis and we created an entire live stream. I've never been able to do that before. There is no other laptop that's this powerful. Um, believe me, I've, I've tried to find one. It's bonkers. Damn, buddy's a salesman, huh? <clears throat> Pretty good, right? Uh, yeah. I really like how that video came out. <clears throat> that's, uh... I didn't That's, have a speaking line in it, though. That'd be my only complaint about it. Yeah, that was intentional. We were worried about what you'd say. Um, <clears throat> either way, thank you so much to Alienware and Intel for making uh, that live event happen. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to go out to that, hopefully, talk to them. I think they felt like it was pretty uh, successful, so hopefully we can do some more. Uh, what would be really fun is doing one around Rift Rivals. Would you enjoy that, Mark? Huh? Well, I'd enjoy it, and so would you guys. So hopefully we can end up doing that. Either way, uh, thanks so much to Alienware and Intel for making that happen, and uh, for sponsoring Hotline League. Uh, thank you to Alienware. Check out the Area 51M with a Core i9 processor. You can get an i7 in there, too. It's pretty powerful. I love it. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next call. On, you should put that video on loop, muted, in the Player 3 box. I think Actually, people would complain. People complain about everything anyways. Yeah, but they'd be like, it's distracting. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and also people would be like, why is Buddy talking? You can't hear him. It'd be kind of weird. Okay, fine. You want right. to go grab the next person? You're always right, Travis. Oh, man. I like it when you say it. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I saw Quasi in the chat, by the way, who is, uh, I don't know why I said by the way twice, who is who was helping us out with that show. It was kind of cool. Anyway, uh, Mark is grabbing the next caller. We're going to give a couple shout-outs. Thank you to Luna, Bumblebee, Tuna, Pluto743, Nihilus Gamer, NA Alistar. It is official for 15 months of Jumbles. 
Ari Waddle for 15 green tea ho. Uh, hey, I'm Rabid. And Dindle donated 420. As good as Jensen is, his champion pool is very exploitable. Are the top teams, especially when Impact is on the same team. That's a, their take. Okta is here. Okta, where are you calling from? Uh, Iowa. Iowa. Where in Iowa? A uh, little town called Fort Dodge. Fort Dodge? All right. Well, I'm not I'm not familiar with it, but i got to admit I'm not familiar with most places in Iowa. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, basically that CLG is falling apart. They've lost all their star players, coaching staff, and pretty much everyone, and they're just holding on to a skeleton crew of a team. A skeleton crew of a team. What do you, when you say skeleton crew of a team, what, does it, what do you mean? That makes it sound like they don't have any support staff. Uh, well, I don't know about support staff. I meant by skeleton crew of a team, I meant more of the players that are left on the team are just like, you you have a new jungler who isn't really doing a whole lot. Like he's not bad, but he's not great. You've got Darshan who's performing well, rather poorly. Uh, the bot lane had a bad split, and the mid was supposed to be like a star import, but probably isn't even within the top five mid laners right now. You just don't really have a lot to work with. They lost their coach who went on to TSM to be very successful with a team that wasn't. And it just seems like they're falling apart, like as an org and as a team. Well, I agree. I would imagine Darshan is not going to be there. Um, but And I imagine they'll make other changes as well. Uh, you think but... this split they're going to do that or next <clears throat> year? I think they'll do it this split. I mean, would you, can you imagine? I mean, I know that Nick is leaving, and I think they just lost their GM in the middle of it. Well, he was in their GM. I think Matt Nashua is more, or Trinity is more their GM. Nick was right. like, I mean, technically, yeah, he's yeah. the. So that's my point. Is like Trinity is the head of competitive now. CLG subreddit's not very happy about that, but uh, it's not like they're, yeah. the person who led their competitive decision making is leaving. And I also heard that Tafo is taking on a role that is more involved on the competitive side. Your boy Tafo. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that too. But uh, Trinity, did I ever see him around the studio? I mean, like, I don't You'd recognize know. him. He's a tall white guy. He stands out a lot at LCS. He among, was there a lot? Among all the other tall white guys. I'm being sarcastic. But you would recognize him. Okay. But he was there a lot. Yes. Like every okay. weekend, basically. Because I saw Nick Allen all the time, but I, I didn't remember seeing him very much. Yeah. That's why I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, maybe they can still make it happen then. I can't imagine a, a leadership change in the middle of a split makes also having to replace your roster easy, and it's something that people have always struggled with, finding upgrades in the middle of the split, or middle of the season, excuse me. So maybe they can do it. Um, I think they have an import little... slot, right? Yeah, they're only using one right now. Yeah, because it's only PoE. So that, I think, will help them, is that they could potentially import a top laner. Yeah. I mean, I think it's doable. I just think it's harder. And given that they co like, couldn't do it last year when they clearly wanted to, you know, between the seasons, between the splits with like worse circumstances on a organizational level makes me very hesitant to believe that they're actually going to get it done. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I hope they find somebody. But um, yeah, Flame's on a team now, guys. You can't do that anymore. There's always trades, but I don't think Flame is going to join. Trades, trades almost never happen in the scene. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so 
on the CLG stuff. So yes, I do think CLG is a shadow of itself. I'm disappointed that it did not improve much in the past couple of splits. I do think that um, it's nice that they, I think they were the, were they the second team to get a dedicated office space or facility? I think they might um, be. Well, yeah. I think a couple teams have it. And people really like their content, or their fans really do. They're calling it Content Age. Uh, but I do. I think TL did it first, and then I think CLG announced an open last year. Now there's a ton of teams doing it. But, uh, I, I mean, it's... I think it's like Echo, Echo Fox technically had one a long time ago that almost bankrupted. Oh them yeah, but they were. Yeah. It was that was more like a room in the. Uh, it wasn't like a dedicated facility. They had like a space in the Twin Galaxies offices. Yeah, they were trying to like build a LCS stage basically yes. or something. But I don't think they ever did. It's not like it's very. I, I just mean. TL was the first to build something that was like a dedicated training facility, in my opinion, from what I can tell. CLG followed up. Um, so I think that the org has made some good decisions. It's just hard because, like, let's put it this way. I think the org would be really celebrated if the team was winning right now. It's not like they're lacking in a lot of other places. Uh, but it is really disappointing. And I was really critical of them at the end of last year because I just didn't feel like they made enough changes. Like, why, why would you... I don't know. I think that's... I think that's the problem for most fans, though, which I can kind of sympathize with, where it's like, well, I appreciate upping your content, and I appreciate a nice facility, but, like, all I really care about if I'm a CLG fan is, like, giving me a, a, a good team, you know? Like, yeah, I want content, but if I don't get it, like, I'd rather win. You know, if you, if I could trade every all, all those things you just listed for a winning team, I think most fans would be willing to t take that trade. Yeah. And so, in that sense they only let down the most important part to a fan, which is, it's right. not even like they out, it's not even like they, they busted on a big play, you know, it wasn't even like they clutch gaming did, like they, they made few roster moves and went from 7th to 7th. I mean, they, they I, I felt like they continued to bet on a re losing formula. They're like, we'll just tweak it when I wanted to see them throw it out. I thought they should have like blown up the roster. Maybe keep right, final I frost. I think that's, that's partially what, what fuels the frustration is not like, they struck out on a vision necessarily where they're like, this is what we're going to do. It's like, it didn't quite come together. People think maybe budget wise, they, they couldn't swing the, the kind of money that some of the other top lane imports they wanted were asking for. And then like, they kind of fell into this roster and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I can, I can understand that, that mentality of like, they didn't, sh they didn't create this team that they thought was really going to work well. They just kind of like fell into this one or something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I agree. Octa, do you have other thoughts? Uh, well, you guys were way more in depth than I know. So. <laughs> well, either well, way, you I brought a good topic at least. Well, looking <laughs> here, let's put this though. We looking forward though, it is really interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, a lot of people know. Full disclosure: I'm really good friends with Nick Allen. We've known each other since he ran uh, the league site over at IPL, but he was the head of CLG and the link between their bigger organization, right? Which was Madison Square Garden, him being gone. It's like, it's really hard to find somebody to hire for that type of position because you need somebody that knows all the different esports is well, really well connected, can handle sponsor relationships, can handle others. And his decision to leave, like I just, you have to, you, you have to probably take like a GM or something from another 
team to try to replace them. I just don't know what they're going to do. Is there like, especially with Brian Trangon, like I don't, I love Tafo, but I don't think Tafo is going to become the head of CLG. Um, and Trinity is not really well favored by the community. So I don't know if he's going to become the head of CLG. It's just like, who do you pin that position? Yeah. I understand what you're saying, man. Uh, he left Glops. He has another job already. Well, not, or he has a job lined up. Who is this? Nick? Nick, yeah. Chat uh, yeah. was asking if he was, he left or he was fired. What was, what's, so like obviously CLG, I, I, when I saw the, those two announcements, I went to the CLG subreddit to see what their fans were saying. And it was pretty negative. It was just like nothing happened with them. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was going to ask like, what, what was the broader community's feeling about it? Cause I, I don't, I mean, I don't think the broader community cared. Nobody else talks about CLG outside the CLG subreddit. That's fair, I guess. They've become pretty... It's pretty tragic to see... Because they used to be... It was like them, Cloud9, and TSM. And then they gave up Peter. And then they didn't continue to win after that first split um, against TSM and their MSI run. And they just melted away. And even before the MSG deal, they just didn't do much. Like, I don't think the management did a great job following that. Like... It's kind of funny CLG. because in like their their path was you had Kelby running stuff over there who obviously has been on the show he's a good friend full disclosure best man at his wedding he cares about me more than anybody else in, his, Usually in the world in the player 3 slot and invited me to be his plus one to see Avengers over his wife um and he I felt like he did a great job at everything except for giving them competitive success uh, in fact, we make fun of him all the time because the team almost got relegated under, underneath his leadership. Then you had uh, him leave and new people came in and those guys were able to find competitive success for about a year, year and a half, but then just flopped at everything else. I uh, don't think they put out great content. The brand just kind of lingered. You know, all these other teams went off and did really crazy cool stuff and it felt like CLG sort of lingered. And then you had uh, the competitive success start to go down the hole again, but then they got the training facility and all that stuff underneath the Madison Square Garden and the account leadership. So they've just slowly withered away. Um, I think, I mean, they, I think the last of old CLG died with Zix, honestly. Like the, the double if, like Kelby leaving and new management coming in kind of hurt. Double if leaving obviously hurt a lot, but it was kind of softened by the fact that they continued to win. But nobody gave it. Even last year when Zix was there, still nobody cared about that team. Yeah, but I think they still had, you know, maybe it's because I'm biased. I like Zix. I'm, I'm decent friends with him. But, like, I still felt like that team kind of had its identity of, like, we're trying to be, like, you know, they, they had good level ones. They got early games. They just fell apart. And everyone always kind of felt like, well, the problem isn't anything other than that they don't have enough talent on their roster. You know, like. That's how I felt. We six came on this show and we kind of asked him point blank about it. And he very politically well handled answer kind of said like, yeah, sometimes our player skill was a problem kind of thing. Yeah. He quickly said, you know, it wasn't the only problem, but like on the outside, it looked like this seems to be a well-coached team who all likes each other and all, all that's great. It just needs more talent. You just got to get some talent in those doors. And then they, they kick him. And then it's like, okay, so now your structure is completely different. You have new management, new coaching staff, these players were not the ones who brought you success and they're losing and not doing well. And then they can't even make turnover. So like you feel like you just like fell into a bog and now nothing's happening. Yeah. 
So I think I think I think for me at least as a CLG, not necessarily fan, but someone who enjoyed CLG, like the the death of Tony was really like it wasn't the biggest blow they took, but it was definitely for me like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I think it, the failure of Rainover was the thing. I mean, Twitch chat was bringing this up, but I think Rainover flopping last year that was like their hail mary. And whenever that didn't happen, I felt like that was time for them to blow up the roster. And the fact that they didn't, I think, was yep. a big issue. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I think going for a player who has failed to be successful for a year and thinking that he's suddenly going to turn it around is, I don't yeah. know, putting your faith in the wrong place. But like losing Tony over that as well was like Jesus, really. Octa, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say here at the end? Um, well, just thanks for having me on. Next time I'll try to come back with more to say. So. No, no, it's all good. Thank you for talking about CLG. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. All right, we got one more caller. Uh, Mark's going to go grab him right now. Lost Divine Hero, eight months in a row. Scrapjack, Mr. Man, 423. Omega Diamond Zinc for 13 months. Uh, Schleppard for 15 Rico Suave eight six one nine three for sixteen says keep doing your thing. Love the revealing secret show you got going. Make it longer. All right, well I'll consider. Soju Ninja for eleven months, and then Darth Epo says sent hundred bits. Uh, thank you everyone. Will D one thrill? Have you been on the show before? No sir, never. Okay. I've seen your name a ton in the chat though. Yes. Yes. I talk a lot. And thank you for sometimes. being a sub. I feel like you've been a sub for a long time. Uh, I think six months now. Not okay. too long. I mean that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, good to see you though uh, what do you want to talk about oh first off uh, where are you calling from Miami Florida Miami Florida I want to go back to Miami so bad uh, nothing I, against I St. Louis nothing against St. Louis it was a great time to go visit there but man there was a difference actually this is, this is a funny story I'll, I'll give you guys a little little leak here uh, about something that's not really relevant or important so but it was really funny because my in, favorite kind of leaks in uh <laughs> So they had the owners conference in Miami uh, last year and all the owners were like, woo, let's go. And they put them Is up this in this the Broden story, this nice hotel. No. And they put them up in this nice hotel and the owners had a great time and they were all really happy about the fact that they went there and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this year they're like, okay, yeah, we always hold the conferences and because, and then they did it again for Oakland. Um, and this year they're like, all right, we're going to do it in St. Louis because we always held the conference and people were like, can't we just do it in LA? Why do I have to go all the way out to St. Louis? Very funny, the difference between St. Louis and Miami when it comes to that stuff. Uh, anyway, hope hope we get to go back there at some point in the future. What do you want to talk about on the show, though, Will D1 Thrill? Uh, I mostly want to talk about G2 and how I predict they will do at MSI, where I feel as though when they attend MSI and perform that they're going to be kind of start like they're going to be uh, shook where a lot of the teams are going to surprise them and they won't do as well as anyone is believing they will do. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a good counter example. Uh, so why do you think that? Um, mostly because I feel as though everyone's on the hype train from Fnatic from last year thinking, oh, EU can finally somewhat contend even though they got 3-0'd. And now with G2 assembling this amazing roster, moving perks down, getting like the best mid laner in probably uh, the LEC and everything else with that. And then I think them doing such a high performance through their first split, but I feel as though everyone's riding it too hard because perks is only having about 24 games now on stage. 
I think it is officially against actual other players. And I feel against when it comes to the talent of actual true ADCs, like Teddy for SKT or when you face other teams, like especially ING with Jackie Love and everything else. I think the just the mechanical skills that perks have is going to start getting exposed because he just doesn't have that kind of play time against the true matchups and everything else to throw them off. Mark, I'll throw this to you. We've had two um, very opposing takes on this. I can't wait to see that smug mid laner's face when was that copy pasta about perks? Yeah. Uh, well, so he had a really cool interview where he was pretty. I mean, European guys always pretty honest about yeah. uh, his thoughts of Mark's pretty players. blunt. I guess you should say blunt. Sure. Yeah. And uh, um, D one throw. Can you move your mic a little bit further away? Because we're getting your breath a bit. I, yeah, I would just say mute because I, I could hear myself a little bit too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he has been pretty honest about what he says in his thoughts of marksman players and how they're actually not very good um, league players overall because they're, they're, to put it nicely, their skill set is so hyper-specialized on only playing marksmen that he feels like they're not very good about handling things that are kind of out of the ordinary. Um, and, you know, they talk about when the marksman position changed. It's like these guys can't learn or play anything new because they've been playing 15 champions their whole career. Uh, and so he was kind of saying that he feels a lot better than a lot of marksman players, maybe not at being a marksman specifically, but just in terms of his overall skill set and what he's able to do. Um, you know, he said he's had to adjust his mindset a lot about what an AD carry is asked to do, but, and that was the biggest struggle, but it was not playing against other marksman players. That was the problem. It was like just accepting the role a little bit. That seemed to be a struggle for him. And he kind of thinks that because he has this diversity of skill set that other marksmen are lacking, that, when he goes in an international competition and goes against good bot laners, yeah, if he played Lucian versus Ezreal five times in a series or, you know, Varus versus this and this versus this, then maybe it wouldn't go so well. But he doesn't need to play by that rules because he'll just play Cassio bot. And then, like, who knows Cassio better? This marksman player has never had to lean against it. Or this guy who has had to play 80 champions over the course of his, you know, life. Uh, and so that's his take on that concern around him, I think, that, like, yeah, maybe other people can play Marksman in a 2v2 straight-up standard lane better than him, but he's not going to play by those. So there'll be Vlad's bot lane, there'll be Rises, there'll be Cassios, there'll be Heimerdingers, there'll be random shit that's going to throw people like Doublelift for a loop and probably cause a problem for them. And I got to admit, I kind of see where he's coming from, as well as the fact that that team has a lot of threats on it, and so you're not just guaranteed... You know, maybe he can play something safe and just farm out a lane and don't need to carry because there's other people on that team. If they really relied on this dude who just made a roll swap to be a big threat, maybe I would get a little bit more, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm worried about the sub. I think the sub for me is a bigger concern than perks. You mean for their success or for... Yes, like for, for their long-term success of the tournament... Mickey X really can't play and his wrist hurts and you know one hundred percent. Yeah, they they've already said that they, they value, you know, fix uh, allowing Mickey X to heal up. So like I'm I'm way more concerned about how that bot lane fares because they're using a sub a sub bot laner or support rather than perks as a player. I it's unfortunate though, I mean one, it's unfortunate anytime a player goes out because you you know, you feel for the player and you feel for the team. Uh, you know, before a big international event like this. It's also a little unfortunate because um, 
there will always be an asterisk, right? Like if if TL outperforms G two at this event, it's gonna be like, well, they they in a sub. That's why. Uh, it's it's kind of an awkward situation overall. Wish that wasn't the case. You have other thoughts, Will D One Thrill? Uh, yeah. Especially, I obviously I really agree with Mark's point, especially with subbing someone in so late. It's obviously gonna be red flags. But the other thing I wanted to then add on to it, because obviously they're not going to just be playing IG and SKT. They'll be playing the group stage and uh, TL. But don't you think also against these more world-renowned teams like IG and SKT, it's going to be more of a problem because, at least in my opinion, I feel like IG has a stronger matchup in pretty much every lane. And don't you think it's going to be more of a problem if, let's say, IG three bans... Uh, perks so then he's forced to play that marksman to be that uncomfortable and then you have people like ning just basically disrupting it even more and making that lane worse to really expose g2's weakness yeah i mean i think i mean i haven't 100 percent finished all my prep on the major teams uh or the major region teams i haven't watched every single series i want to watch by them yet but and maybe this is a little relying on the fact they won worlds, but I think IG for me is probably one of the tournament favorites. Um, and so I mean, it's hard not pairing... to have them be that way. What's that? <clears throat> it's hard for them not to be the tournament favorites. Right. I mean, like apparently they didn't have a great split in in China overall, uh, like with regular season stuff. So you know, I need to do a little bit more research into how good they actually look. But like that would be my my pick for who I think is going to win the tournament without having completed my research. SKT, from what I saw, like, yeah, they beat Griffin, but a lot of that felt like Griffin just being dumb and stubborn and choking, and uh, they had a really tough time in semis, um, and then that was kind of felt like it was more Griffin's loss than SKT's win, so I'm a little worried about SKT being a super major threat. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I think G2 will get probably exposed low by IG. Um, you can say exposed, or you can just say lose to a better team, however you want to phrase it, but, like... Um, I think that would be one of the matchups that they'll struggle with, but that's not really a, a disservice to G2 to say like, oh, you're going to lose to IG. It's like, well, they can probably still beat Team Liquid. They can beat all the wildcard teams, maybe give SKT a run for their money, um, beat beat Flash Wolves pretty easily. So, Yeah. But I, I actually don't believe that <clears throat> you are obviously in a biased opinion, but I don't think G2 even based off of their performance in the LEC this year, I don't think confidently that I would say they could beat Team Liquid, where I think Team Liquid actually still has the upper hand because I feel as though, especially with the new tank meta coming in, which is more of what TL is known for, for putting impact on that tank and just letting him frontline and having the peel for Doublelift, who I think Doublelift and Core JJ are now, especially with the sub, are just going to shit on, basically, the... Uh, G2 bot lane, and then that's going to draw jungle pressure and allow X Smithy to now go mid lane where Caps obviously I think is a better mid laner than Jensen, and then also apply more pressure to help with impact top lane. By the way, so really I quickly, actually... oh sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. <clears throat> no, I just think TL could actually either win against G2 both times or can at least go even in the series against them. Mark, I do want to correct you, uh, just because I was thinking back. Uh, I think oh, yeah? I believe SKT. I think SKT three would Kings, and I think you misspoke. 
Oh, thank you, Encyclopedia mm. Travis Gafford. Yeah, I was. You said that, and I was trying to play it out in my mind. I remembered it was a three L. Yeah, do you remember how those games went? Uh, I mean, I remember it was a stomp. <laughs> Thanks, Twitch chat. I appreciate you correcting my mistake, and Travis, I appreciate you. Uh, sorry, just uh, what uh, will D one thrilled sum up that last bit one more time? Uh, just basically, I'm saying that, especially with the sub in that. Liquid is now, I think, the favorites in the G2 games against the two. And I feel as though the jungle is now going to be drawn and forced to help out the bot lane more, especially against such a powerhouse person like Doublelift and Core JJ, which are, in my opinion, could be top three in the world for duo bot lane. Top three in the world uh, is a strong statement, but... <clears throat> I think, for me, the... the, the problem for, for like that line of logic for me, I think there is a world where the, the bot lane double if just being a better marksman player than perks outright you know if perks doesn't have all these tricky picks that everyone's kind of talking about like if he really doesn't have that many that he can get banned out and then forced to play normal stuff and then double ifs a better marksman player and you have this problem in support even if that happens you're still probably in trouble in mid and top lane you're still out skilled there and Yankos for a smithy I feel like they're actually somewhat similar players like for the most part pretty consistently good sometimes have like turbo int games that look really bad um but do work very well in like a more supportive jungly role um and so the question is like even if you're right and this bot lane is a mismatch in, in tl's favor does that actually make tl a favorite when they're probably losing their solo lanes and your jungler is similar like that's even that's like a tough sell to me to say like now they're gonna smash G not even smash but like be favorites against G two just because now they're winning one lane pretty well. Well, I guess we'll have to find out hopefully uh, in not too long, uh, but time will tell. Will do you want to throw any final thoughts? Anything you want uh, to say? I just have one final question, if I could. As long as we can make it a quick one. All right. Uh, how come Mark didn't get to go to the end game party? To the end game party, <clears throat> you could yeah, ask Kelby. He, he, he invited me. <laughs> okay. uh, so if people didn't see, I was at end game with Kelby, and then Kobe it came. Not, it was uh, it was Kobe too, right? Well, Co yeah. So here's what happened. So Kelby here's what happened. A lot of people ended up going to this. Kelby's company invited, uh, or I Kelby's company went to see end game. They rented out a theater. Kelby invited me as his plus one. <clears throat> On the day of. Kobe asked if I wanted to see Endgame that day. So I reached out to Yoni, who works at the company, and said, hey, do you guys have an extra ticket? Maybe just sitting around. And they said yes. And then I didn't know, but because Avli works with that company too sometimes, Avli got invited, and she invited Captain Flowers as a plus one. So that was not my show to run. Otherwise, I would have invited Mark. Mark's invited to my birthday party. In fact, Mark might be invited to all three of my birthday parties. What, you have birthday? Wow, well, I haven't heard anything about this yet. It sounds so, like some PR bullshit to say to the public. Sounds fishy. You don't so I don't think you with... can, you might not be able to make it to my, actually it might be after, so my birthday is on the 19th, um, which is also the day of finals. But I don't know if it's the 19th in Taiwan or if it's in the 19th in the US. So you might either be done or about to cast, <laughs> or not cast, but analyst desk. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to do like a dinner that night. But then Memorial Day weekend, I'm doing a really big thing where we're getting a big space somewhere. I've got some friends helping me with it. We're going to invite, like, everyone. 
all the LCS people. It's going to be this mega bust thing. And then I'm going to try to do something smaller where we just like rent a place for the weekend and do some gaming, which I think is something you were trying to do, right? Yeah. Are you listening to anything I just said? No. You started talking about your birthday plans. I just spaced out. Will D. Winthrow, thanks so much for calling. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Have a good one. <clears throat> All right, that's the show. <laughs> Mark, you want to say anything? Uh, what were, what were you saying? Yuna, if you're listening to this, you can uh, buzz me on the front panel. Um, <sighs> Mark, what do you so want? You want to just close out the show? Uh, do we want to talk about the walkout slash Game of Thrones? Either of those two big topics left? Well, we don't. I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones. Well, then I don't want to talk to you at all. Hey, everyone, this has been Hotline League episode. You don't want to talk about the walkout? You know, any special thoughts? Well, okay, my thoughts on the walkout are this. One, I'm excited to hear that some people at Riot are uh, talking about video game workers' rights because I think that the video game industry in general... I mean, this story, year alone, we've heard a ton of crazy stories about crunch and uh, people using contractors and people working 100-hour weeks. Epic had this big conversation about them recently. <clears throat> and Blizzard had these layoffs and all this stuff. Um, so I think video game folks, people working in this industry are getting fucked. And... I'm happy to see conversation about this because it's, for those that don't know, there's a, uh, Riot is trying to prevent two people who are suing the company around the diversity issues and failures that Riot had in the past. Riot is trying to force it to arbitration, which means you aren't allowed to sue. Instead, you have to go usually to the, I don't know in this case, but usually it's like Riot picks a person who will uh, moderate the conversation um, and help you come to a decision. So they avoid the lawsuit. It's just sort of like, oh, we went to third-party arbitration. They have. So anyway, it's kind of a... Usually that type of thing does not favor the person trying who wants to have the lawsuit in the first place. So there's a conversation where some people at Riot, and there's apparently a big email thread chain that's going, or thread going around internally, <clears throat> where a lot of the people want to organize a walkout protesting this situation. Um, the only thing I would say is that there, Kotaku wrote a follow-up piece to the Waypoint piece. Waypoint, um, just part of Vice, wrote the original, uh, where Kotaku was kind of hinting at the idea of, like, we don't really know if this is a big group of people, like, if it's a ton of people at Riot who are thinking about this, or if it's, like, a smaller group of people. We don't really have the scope of how many people would walk out. Um, so that's my only concern, is that, like, I don't know how real this story is, if it's, like... 10 or 15 people that would walk out that day or if it's the entire company. I do get the feeling, though, that morale at that company for some people is pretty low. And in general, look, it's been seven or eight months since all that stuff came out. I have not been particularly impressed by anything that Riot has done since then. Um, it doesn't seem like there were any high-level departures, which is usually the case whenever you hear about company culture being pretty fucked up. And uh, on the esports side, they've done very little to address any kind of diversity issues. 
Uh, I don't know. I hope that th- things get better. I don't know if you have an opinion, Mark. Uh, no, I actually think you you covered some of my th- opinions on it um, pretty well. So I, I actually I throw out a big uh, agree, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Ever since you said the thing, you didn't pay attention when I was talking about the birthday things I was trying to do with you. It pretty much drained me of all the energy and hype and excitement. And I'm sorry, Travis. It's okay. I just, you know, I, I I'm gonna make growing up. I didn't have that many friends in school, and you know, I think uh, there was a point in my time as an, an adult where I thought, okay, well, I have friends now, and sometimes I'm just reminded, you know, that some things never really change. Anyway, that's been Hotline League episode 73. <laughs> everyone, uh, really appreciate you all watching. I next I'm going over to Vietnam on Thursday. Mark and I are going to try to keep doing these episodes. Never know what the internet's going to be like. Never know what the conditions are going to be like. And hopefully uh, we can figure that out uh, soon. Are you? Shout out to Damien Estrada in the chat, by the way, who's trying to get my attention. Yeah. uh, He was saying he he makes great content. Uh, Do you think we're leaning probably towards a group stage uh if, we, if we're gonna double up somewhere most likely regular group stage yeah we probably that... do two during group stage maybe one like because you'll be you'll be in nam then right but that'll be yeah i mean i'll be in i'm there for two weeks and then i'm not going to taiwan so sorry somebody asked for a taiwan meetup i'm not going to be in taiwan unfortunately um so yeah all right so then we'll probably do two assuming your internet's fine there probably yeah. do two during group stage because that should be when there's the most most hype because everything's crazy and I haven't told Broden this, but I rented us a, a hotel room that has two bedrooms. So he can help me produce Damn. it. Damn. Yeah. Let's go. It was cheaper than having two separate rooms. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Just like when you got me that giant suite in Vegas, it was 100% because you balled out for me. I mean, I did. I extended your suite. That was actually balling out for you. Yeah, you did. Okay, okay. That's fair. <clears throat> And now the cat's here, so it's time to go. He showed up just you, in time, buddy. Hello. Do you have anything you want to plug here at the end? Yoko, say hello. Say hello to the camera. Yuna's in my living room. She's desperately waiting for me to go get dinner with her, so. Hello. Woo. All right. Uh, I don't really have anything to plug. Uh, I'm hoping that I don't die in the next four days of how miserable my schedule has been and will continue to be. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to be in Vietnam, everyone. Hopefully it doesn't rain too much and I don't drown. Uh, I love you all. Thanks for watching. Sorry we had some issues this episode. And thanks to all the subs. Uh, Did anybody sub and I forgot? Oh, Scott B. Johnson 91. Thank you so much. This is your, if you haven't subbed yet, this is your chance to sub. Support me as I go to Vietnam. This has been the show. Thanks, everybody.